Buenos. Buenos. Buenos and welcome back to Film Posers for Bodacious Boricuas ranting, raving, and reviewing cinema. On today's episode, we'll be highlighting the most excellent, most triumphant career of one awesome dude, Keanu Reeves. And our moderator will be Gabriela. Take it away. What is up? What is up, dudes, dudettes, and everyone in existence? It's me, Gabriela, or as the posers know me, the Keanu Reeves enthusiast. <laughs> in most of Keanu's filmography, I have a list in my letterbox where I have ranked all the movies, if you're interested. And we're going to be talking about all of the movies that we like about Keanu's, his, his career, his range, and the movies that have not quite hit the mark with us, but it's okay. Because we still love him and we appreciate everything that he's done. And it's also very special because today happens to be his birthday. So Keanu, we know you listen to this. Happy birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday, Virgo King. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. (laughs) From the film posers to you. We We love to see it. We appreciate you. We can't wait for Matrix 4 and John Wick 4 and 5. Yes. Now let's get into the episode. <laughs> okay, so I the first question I have for the posers is, when was the first time you heard about Keanu? Or what was the first movie of his that you saw? Anna, we're going to... So, it was uh, a couple of years ago when... <laughs> I went to La Sala de Casa and my mom was watching this <laughs> and my mom was watching uh, this Spanish, okay my mom was watching Constantine and she was like oh Sofia come here, it's like one of my favorite movies and I was like what's this <laughs> so I sat down with her and watched it and let me tell you it was yes, it was really good cinema right there <laughs> you're remembering <laughs> right remember you are <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> and I can say that I feel that it's one of the top tier as a Keanu, Keanu Reeves fan right there. <laughs> I condone this message it is in fact then I know about Keanu and I have watched some of his films <laughs> that we're gonna discuss today okay so even though he has a very extensive filmography I only have come across a couple of his films recently um, I'm pretty sure, like, the first one I I saw was probably Matrix, though I never, okay, so it's the same case as Anna, where I would be, like, at my grandparents' house or somewhere, and it would be playing, and it's like, oh, that's the Matrix, and I'm like, oh, cool, <laughs> and we'll get to the matrix soon so i've never seen it until recently but before that i would say that the first conscious decision i ever made to watch a keanu film was john wick one and it was because it was 2017 and john wick 2 was about to be in theaters and my friend was like we're gonna see john wick 2 so you have to see the first one i'm like okay (laughs) so i saw the first one i'm like um this is art (laughs) And then we saw John with two and at the movies. And I was like, okay, okay. I'm good with this guy. And then 
I fell down the rabbit hole and eventually like Gabriela made me watch some of his films from his filmography and that's how I watched all the Matrix films. So full circle. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Juan. So my first official introduction was The Matrix. Um, so I had found in Costco when they used to sell movies. This is a great time in history, kids. So <laughs> they used to sell Blu-rays and they sold this pack of the trilogy on Blu-ray of Matrix. It was like 25, 30 bucks more or less. I don't remember exactly. I know I got it. I watched The Matrix, so I'll watch it. And I, I think I watched it in one day. Um, when I used to be able to do that, I remember being like, oh, I get this now. I understand why everyone wants me to see it. And then the other conscious time I decided to watch the Akiano film was in theaters called The Day the Earth Stood Still. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's why I acknowledge The Matrix. Um, <laughs> no, it wasn't. I thought he was great. You know, if you ask me now my thoughts on Keanu. You know, to quote the great Wendy Williams, he's an icon, he's a legend, and he is the moment. <laughs> now, come on now. <laughs> I mean, like, what? And this is going to be a question Gabriela will most likely ask later. But just to give you a sneak peek, why does Keanu look amazing in everything? He has no bad angles. No. He really doesn't. He just goes all the way. But I agree with Anna that his top tier film is Constantine, as someone who rewatched it today, and I'll tell you my notes later. Good. Most excellent. Yes. So, in my case, my first introduction to Keanu happened when I was pretty young, and it was with this small independent movie called Speed. <laughs> it was before A24 was a thing. So... My my parents really <laughs> loved that movie. And it would play on TV so many times when I was young. I, I don't know. So I saw that movie on TV so many times. And obviously, since I, I then started growing an interest in film, they would always mention The Matrix. But I never pieced together that the guy from Speed was the mm-hmm. guy from Matrix. So when I discovered that, when I was like 15 in a class and when I was in school, my mind exploded. <laughs> and it was, yeah, around that time that I watched The Matrix for the first time, the first Matrix for a class in school. And that's, you know, when I really started to know who Keanu was because then I would I watched The Day the, the Earth Stood Still. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um I watched a few of his. Oh, the Lake House was a presence in my life as well. So you know there were a few of them, but I remember when John Wick came out that I, I saw the trailer in theaters for the first John Wick. And I was like, oh my god, the guy from The Matrix is back. I thought he had retired. We're gonna get into this later. So, yeah, but it it really wasn't until last year with the third John Wick that I jumped into the... that I decided to watch his entire filmography. So even though I've known about him for so many years, it wasn't until last year that I 
started to appreciate his career more and his work. So, yeah. Speed. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen it yet, it's great. It still holds up. So, yeah. I think I think we're all fans here of the Keanu Sons. <laughs> we are fans. The Keanu Sons is quite something. Let me tell you. We are worthy of the We're going to talk now in detail about his career. So, Keanu started acting when he, when he was very young and he considered him considers himself to be a thespian, which is like a theater actor that does Shakespeare and he has done Shakespeare during he in theater and in film. He played Don John in Much Ado About Nothing, which is actually a really good Shakespearean adaptation. If you're into those, I highly recommend it. So he was doing small roles until his big break in Point Break in 1991. Because he had done Bill and Ted in 89. And while that made his name recognized, it wasn't until... Point Break in 91 that everyone really started hearing his name and it was also the year where his love for the name John was born because if you don't know Keanu has played over nine Johns in his entire career and I have a PowerPoint on this <laughs> I believe you no it's a thing Josie tell them yeah, so she generally did do. We had a chaotic PowerPoint party, and well, I did it on the reason why Yodito is the best Latin extra presentation. Gabriela did an entire PowerPoint about all of Keanu Reeves' characters that have some form or variation of the name John, and she made Tinder profiles for them. <laughs> Amazing. It was great. I won most prepared. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so he did point break in 91 and from then he skyrocketed and he went on to do my own private idaho that was also released in 91 he went on to do speed a walk in the clouds you know everything and then in 1999 he was a household name but then in 1999 probably the movie that changed his life was released and it was the matrix so if people knew him from before now it was now his name was actually more well known and the thing is that a lot of people don't know is how important his casting in the matrix was because Keanu is actually half Asian. So having an Asian lead in a big movie like The Matrix, it was huge because obviously representation back then isn't what we have now. And even now, it has a lot of work it's to do. It's still a work in progress. Yeah. So having him being cast in such a huge trilogy that was The Matrix was actually very important and from then he went on to do you know smaller movies other movies like Constantine Devil's Advocate 
and all of that. And then he kind of went into a pause and no one knew what was what happened to him until John Wick was released in 2014. And in 2014, that's what's known as the Keanu songs, which is, you know, when John Wick was released and he has gone on to do you know, Toy Story 4 and the new Bill and Ted movie, Always Be My Maybe, and all of that. But the thing is that even though not a lot of people heard from him until 2014 he was still working (laughs) he was still making a lot of films but the thing is that they are small films that would end up being released in video on demand or have a limited release in theaters and that's it and not a lot of people would know about them so it's always been interesting to me how an actor with that's so well known that has done such a huge franchise like the matrix and you know is so known for action and you know is one of the highest grossing actors still is still making small movies that no one knows about so it and a lot of people because like i mentioned keanu is known to be one of the nicest people in hollywood so basically the rumors that go around is that since he has a lot of friends in the industry, he likes to help them out. So if he, ha- he has a friend that's a director, he will star in their movie to make sure that more people get to see it. And he will sacrifice part of his salary to afford other actors. This was true when he did Devil's Advocate. He sacrificed part of his salary so that they could afford to hire Al Pacino. And also in The Replacements, so that... He- they could hire Gene Hackman. And then also when he did The Matrix, he also gave part of his salary to the stunt teams and the people that worked behind the scenes because those are not paid enough. So he is known to do things like that. So yeah, so you could be thinking like then, why is a man like Keanu Reeves making movies like Replicas? <laughs> those, those that are making the movies are his friends and he wants to help <laughs> This man, he has made a lot of movies between uh, the 2000s to 2014. Some of them are Exposed, Knock Knock, which you've heard me hate on that movie. Siberia, Generation Um, (laughs) Henry's Crime, The Bad Batch, 47 Running, The Replacements, The Whole Truth, Destination Wedding. The Private Lives of Pippoli to the Bone. Something's got to give. Yeah, you, you get it by now. And yeah, I, that's always been so interesting to me. And that is why I was so shocked about the extent of his filmography when I really went into it. Because I really thought that from like the day that the Earth to still, that was the last movie I remember seeing before I saw him back in John Wick that he was actually making movies during that period. What do you think about that? Josie? It says a lot about him and his character, not only as an actor, but as a person. Mm Mm-hmm. Juan? I mean, I genuinely believe that when it comes to Keanu as an actor, I not only feel he gives a lot backstage, like you said, but I also feel when he's on screen, you can tell he's always into it. Even if the script isn't great, mm-hmm. he always wants to give the best of himself. He always wants to be better than his last performance. I've noticed that. He's always, for me, in a film, five out of five as a performance. 
because he's that dedicated to a craft to his craft, definitely part of that thespian background. I know that he's a method actor because a friend of mine was in replicas. Mm-hmm. And she said that sometimes she would rock around on set. He'd be sitting in a corner by himself, just concentrated. And one of the things that, like, a lot of actors, not all of them, but what ha- a, lot, a lot of actors don't recognize the people that work behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's kind of like they walk in, they talk to the director and the screenwriter and the people working in the scene, and that's it. But Keanu is one of those actors that always make sure to learn the names of everyone. Mm-hmm. And it, this mm-hmm. is something that has been said by everyone mm-hmm. who has worked with him. And you can tell in the interviews that he does, he always mentions everyone by name. He doesn't say the screenwriter. No, he will say the screenwriter's name. He will say his, stunt, his stuntman's name. He will say... He will tell everyone by name in the Bill and Ted panel at Comic Con. When they were talking about the movie at the end, he said, I just want to give a shout out to everyone. And he mentioned everyone mm-hmm. that worked in the movie by name. And that is just something that is very rare and that I, personally I don't see. And I just think that's that just says a lot about him as a person that he generally cares about everyone that that works with him. Uh, when it comes mm-hmm. to Keanu Reeves, he's a very humble person. And he just gives us great vibes because, like, people knew about him until John Wick came along. And that's when people really started to, like, oh, but yeah, he, well, he was mm-hmm. in The Matrix or he was in Constantine. And people started to pick up his career, even though that. Yes, like Arela has said, he has done very small budget <laughs> films that they weren't, they weren't great choices, but at the end, <laughs> it felt that he needed to like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. help friends in a sense. And I don't want to sound mean, but yeah. yeah. I mean, after like you it. sit through a couple of them, you're like, God, this man really has good intentions. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Like, the first thing I would hear about him when I started finding out more about him and his career and his filmography was that his films aren't very good. So, cause, and also a lot of people say that he's a bad actor because he, when he acts, he kind of like has a blank stare and doesn't tend to show a lot of emotion. And I just feel that it depends on the movie that you see. Mm-hmm. Because it actually works for the types of characters that he tends to work with. And if you see him in a romantic comedy, he actually, you know, plays the part of emotion. <laughs> good at what he does. And he is good in some movies and he is okay in some movies. And that's just every actor ever. Like, no actor is completely excellent every time. Yeah, so let's totally get into his filmography. Yes. So, he has a lot. So, we're not going to go into all of his movies. But I have picked five that we're going to talk about. And these are by order of release. So, the first one we have is My Own Private Idaho, which was released in 1991. And it stars Keanu and River Phoenix. And it was directed by 
Gus Van Sant. Gus Van Sant. So this movie is kind of like Shakespearean because it is inspired by Shakespeare's Henry the Fourth, and it mm -hmm. follows Mike Waters, who is River Phoenix, and he's a gay a gay hustler afflicted with narco with narcolepsy, and his friend Scott Favor, who is the rebellious son of the mayor, and Scott Favor is Keanu Reeves. So this movie is very beautiful. I love that I saw it for the first time last year, and it was actually nominated for an Oscar for screenplay. And it is wonderful, but it is also very sad. But it actually showed how Keanu can handle a dramatic role because that was actually the first dramatic role that he had done because by that time he, had, he was known for Point Break and Bill and Ted. So seeing him in a very dramatic role like this one was something completely new. And I think he was very excellent in it. <laughs> <laughs> and it is also a very important movie <laughs> in terms of LGBTQ plus cinema. Yep. Because, and Anna can talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I actually watched this mo movie for the episode, and first of all, I really like, <laughs> I kind of like more River Phoenix, like, performance rather than Keanu, but at the same time, Keanu's character is at the end, for, like, at the end of the movie. He is the he one so Keanu hateful. character I would run like, over Like, we don't like truck. him anymore. <laughs> No one likes like, we don't, him. He's we don't the like one him anymore. Okay? Character that everyone <laughs> unanimously hates. So you're not alone. Um. Uh. Yeah. It's a. It's a movie that you should definitely watch if you're like checking out, um, Gus Van Damme's filmography and also Keanu Reeves' filmography. And it's available <laughs> on Criterion. Okay. Keanu is on the Criterion channel. We love to see it. One. I have not seen it, but after hearing all this, I will most likely be seeing this. <laughs> Same. <laughs> it is very good. Highly recommend. It's one of the ones that I always recommend. Okay, so moving yeah. on, the next one we have was also released in 1991, and that is Point Break, directed by Catherine Bigelow. So, Point Break is one of his well most known ones, and it is the first time that he played a John. So yay! That's when everything <laughs> so that movie follows Johnny Utah. He is an FBI agent that goes undercover with a group of surfers because he su he suspects them to be a gang that robs banks. And it is one of my all time favorite movies. And what is so funny is that when I started into this indulging in his filmography, that was the first movie that my dad recommended to me. It was like, oh, you, got, you have to watch Point Break. And I was like, what's that? He said, just watch Point Break. So I did. And I was like, yes. I completely understand. So I absolutely love it. The action is incredible. And, you know, there's a running joke with this movie. Those who have seen it know it. Anna doesn't get it. I'm calling you out, Anna. <laughs> Even though Patrick Swayze confirmed it. And you can't go against Patrick Swayze's word. <laughs> it is a great 
action movie. It's very fun, very fast paced, and it's just great. So yeah, Anna has seen that movie too. So Anna, talk to us about Point Break as well. First of all, I just want to say I lost count how many times Gary has told me to watch this movie. How many times she told us to watch this movie? And yet, only one listened to me. So I actually caved in this year and watched it for the first time. Um, I gotta say, I yeah, I agree with Gabriela with the action scenes. I really liked it. I wanted more focus on the surfing scenes too, and I wanted to like them. Please take you out know the why romance part. Like it in I don't there. Know, you know why. <laughs> But still, (laughs) it was such a throw-off. I don't want to, like, I don't care about Keanu and the relationship he had with the girl. No, we all wanted wanted Johnny Luther to confess his love to Bodhi. That's what we all wanted. (laughs) (laughs) No, bro. When the parachute scene I was like, like, no, you're not going to do that. You're not going to. Oh, he did. Oh, he jumped out of the plane without the parachute. Oh, he did. And going with the long running. How can you not see like, the scene where see he it? chases him <laughs> and he know. clearly doesn't shoot him because he knows it's him? It's all about the eyes, Anna. Look at the eyes, the yearning, Anna. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and Patrick oh Swayze literally said it in an interview. That he knew that he that he he wanted to play to gay men. That he knew that they were in a relationship, but you know because it was the nineties, and you know they they wouldn't let him. I don't know. Maybe it was just I, I feel that I it didn't convince me because of the way they put up. The, I thought that the sequences were like oh a couple of days until you yeah. told me no, it was in a period it was of many months, months. <laughs> that they meet each other. So maybe it's because I didn't understand well, but at the end, I just didn't vibe with, like, the ship, you I know? I mean, it's, it's just, it's a very fast-paced movie that it's kind of hard to, you know, focus on just one thing because there's so many things happening at the same time. So I honestly didn't catch that until, like, the second time that I watched it. So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I caught it from the very beginning. No, it was, like, the second time that I watched it that I actually was like, hey, hold on a minute. But one of my favorite things about Point Break is actually the ending. I feel like the ending is one of the best endings in that I've ever seen. And I and we as oh, a society yeah. don't talk about it enough. <laughs> it's all about the wave. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, Point say. Break. Watch it, please. Ignore the 2015 remake. Don't do it to yourself. Don't do it. Just watch the 1991 version. It's the best one. Insert Rita Moreno meme of it is gay. That is how I always talk about Point Break. That is what I sent to Anna when I told her about Point Break. I just sent her that meme. I've never seen it, but I'm pretty sure it is gay. Okay. I I have also not seen it, and I am also sure it is gay, but I know I will end up watching Point Break before Gabriela reaches her breaking point. <laughs> also, can can, can I? Okay, I, I just find it so funny how <laughs> when wiki, if you look for it on Wikipedia, it refers 
<laughs> I'm sorry, this is so funny. I'm just gonna read it. <laughs> Point Break was re-released on Blu-ray on June 14, 2011. It also spawned a remake. <laughs> <laughs> I love that word usage. <laughs> just spawned. It spawned a remake. And I saw the remake because I was just curious. I remember seeing the trailers. It's horrible. And it is not gay. That is atrocious. <laughs> it is not gay. <laughs> like, so... I, just, I just went in and I wanted to see, okay, let's see the chemistry between this new Johnny Utah and this new Bodie. And it's like zero chemistry. Which is sad because if you think about it, the main actor is Venezuelan. So it's like, get that yeah, the one that representation. The one, and it's the like, one that played Bodie. Uh... <laughs> yep. Weren't yeah, the tattoos so... fake too? Oh my god, those tattoos, like, they, ha- they had been drawn with Sharpie. <laughs> like, they spent half their budget on tattoos because every single actor in that movie $105 so million dollar budget on tattoos. <laughs> because hey. every, single actor in that, every single actor in that movie has so many tattoos. And they all look fake. Okay, I'd also take $105 million to get tattoos. Thank you very much. I would love to see that for me. <laughs> I would probably yeah. buy my friend's tattoos with that, too. <laughs> and, like, the ending is still the same as the movie. And while there are things that I liked that this ending did, that this the remake did with the ending, like, it just, it doesn't hit the mark the way that the ending of the original one does. Just mm-hmm. say it. It wasn't gay enough for you. It, and it wasn't. <laughs> like, I don't, because obviously, like, Point Break is not you know, politicized as an LGBTQ plus movie. It is just something that the people who like the movie say. Like, it is not canon. It's just something that people say. Yeah. But also, another detail is that, the, of course, the first one was by a female filmmaker, yes. Catherine Bigelow, and the second one was yes. by a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> problem, the biggest problem that I have with the remake is that it focuses more on the mindless action part. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of unnecessary action. Like, it's just stunt after stunt. Like, these exaggerated stunts. Like, they throw, like, four tracks from a, from an airplane. Yeah. You know, I ha- stuff like that. I haven't and... seen it, but I'm guessing the original focus is more on the relationships. Yeah, it <laughs> does. And the action in the originals, you know, it actually leads to something. It is, it's not just mindless action for you to shut off your brain. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, this might be controversial, but I feel like that's what we lost with John Wick 3. We'll get to that. (laughs) Yeah. Because I have some thoughts on that one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think the point of this segment is that Point Break the original looks at Point Break the remake like Mariah does and says, I don't know her. (laughs) Who? I'll Walk in the Clouds, which was released in 1995, and oh, it was boy. directed by Fernando Arau. Now, this is my favorite <laughs> romance that Keanu has done. <laughs> it has my favorite trope. Keanu on a tank top? Yes, but there's also... <laughs> okay, so this movie follows Keanu, who plays a guy, a soldier named Paul, and he has just returned from World War One, 
and he is on his and he is on his way to go sell some chocolate to make a life for for his wife when he runs into this woman named Victoria who is pregnant out of wedlock and she is going back to the family the, her family owns a vineyard but her family is very traditional so obviously her being pregnant out of wedlock is probably like oh no that's wrong so Keanu offers so Keanu offers to pretend to be her husband to meet her family and then he plans on leaving her the next morning and it contains the, the infamous trope that makes me scream every time which is when they have to share a bed when they're not together that there was only one bed there was only one bed and they have to share it it gets me every time I love it is so artsy it is just so beautiful you get like it has flaws yes it does but it is just so artsy and so beautiful and I mm-hmm. love it it makes me feel happy. It brings joy. It's visually pleasing, and we love the Mexican American representation. Exactly. Representation. Exactly. Representation. <laughs> <laughs> it is wonderful, and I and I made Josie watch it for my birthday. Yeah. Josie, what did you think? See. Here I was like, I made you watch Spirited Away on my birthday, so tit for tat, we did good. <laughs> um, thank you, thank you. I liked it, especially because, <laughs> oh my gosh, she, you made me watch Sweet November before this, so I didn't know what to expect. I was scarred. Um, like, I am so sorry. <laughs> it was Sweet November, then the lake house, and then it was like, ah, oh, nah, fam, but I was like, oh, this is Good. <laughs> I say I needed to. I needed to redeem. redeem the palate cleanser. <laughs> you needed to redeem yourself. Yeah. And well, again, my favorite part is that <clears throat> it has Spanish. It has. It doesn't like. It's one of those movies where you can tell that the director has a link to the culture because it was very respectful and it was very beautiful. It is a great movie, and it and it's just and nothing bad happens. It's just. You're happy all the time. Yeah, and it has a really good script. I love the yeah. progression of the story, and it felt very natural. Yeah. Nothing felt yeah. forced. And again, it has very beautiful cinematography and very beautiful moments, not only visually, but with the characters and the family. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I like how nothing is forced. Yeah. It feels very, because obviously, like, when you read like, the plot, it's kind of obvious that they're going to end up falling in love. Mm-hmm. And that progression feels very natural rather than forced. Mm-hmm. You know, by the time the movie ends, you actually believe that they're in love. It's not like other movies where the movie ends and, it's, and it kind of feels like the characters were forced together. Yeah, that's the key and, word. It's believable. Yeah, it's my favorite romance that he has done. So, highly recommend it. It's one of my favorites. So, yeah. Anna? Juan, do you have any thoughts on this one? Well, after hearing what you guys were saying, I think I'll just check it out because <laughs> I haven't seen it. I confused this honest. movie as a Nicholas Sparks movie because of the title, and I just realized I was thinking of A Walk to Remember. Oh, my. Everyone confuses it with that movie. When I say I'll walk <laughs> in the glass, they're like, oh, do you mean I'll walk to remember? Like, no! Okay, so moving on. Now we're getting into the good stuff. <laughs> We're going to go to Constantine, 2005, directed by Francis Lawrence. I feel like this movie... 
cinema it is about it is based on the com- a comic book series and it follows John Constantine there is the other John oh I haven't mentioned all the Johns we'll get them to the end dear John <laughs> it follows John Constantine who is a demon hunter and that is all I'm gonna say okay so Juan you're clearly a big lover of this movie as I am Yes. Talk to us about Constantine. So, fun fact. Yesterday, I actually got, uh, the day before Keanu's birthday, I actually found in my local comic book shop a, Con- a John Constantine book. And I'm like, hey, this reminds me of Con- Keanu's version. I'm going to get it. And then today, I rewatched it. Funny enough, this film turned 15 years. And I'm like, wow, when did I originally yeah. watch this? So... I remember watching it today and I was like, I totally understand why Gabriela loves this. And I also remembered why I love it. So it turns out it was on Hulu in June this of this year. And I'm like, I can't believe I forgot. I forgot to watch it on Hulu so I could get like more royalties for Keanu. But I found it today because in my Blu-ray collection, I had this triple feature Blu-ray that I got in Best Buy for $10. And it had V for Vendetta, Watchmen and Constantine. Wow, what a trio. For $10, I know. I was like, okay, I I still know how to shop. I'm so proud. <laughs> this movie was ahead of its time. Let's be honest. This was ahead of its time. It was. And, and we really don't appreciate enough of the classics from the early 2000s, in my opinion. The thing is that it was made before comic book movies were a big deal. Exactly. So a lot of people by that time didn't appreciate it. It is. The visual effects, amazing. They're on mm-hmm. par with a couple of comic book films that have come out, in my opinion. The casting, amazing. The moment when you have an androgynous angel in Tilda Swinton literally descend from the sky to step on Keanu towards the end <laughs> and choke him, get inches from his face and say, I will bring you bring pain to you. I'm like, see, why aren't we talking about this? Rachel Wise is in this. Keanu is in this. Like, how are we not talking more about this? You know, Keanu wants a sequel. The director, Francis Lawrence, wants to make a darker sequel. I want a sequel. Gabriela wants a sequel. Hollywood, just make the fucking sequel. I think we all want a sequel. We all <laughs> want a sequel. And, but quite honestly, if we don't have Keanu as Constantine, <laughs> Rachel Weisz, and Tilda Swinton coming back, maybe we don't want it. We don't want a new version of it. We want this cast. And if I can't have the sequel right away, Warner Brothers, I know you listen to this podcast. I know you do. (laughs) Can you at least release Constantine on 4K Blu-ray, please? I would like to have that in my collection. Because Keanu in 4K, like, that's... Look, he's genetically superior. Hello, I would love to see the restoration, the high definition. It's great. It's fantastic. I don't want to spoil anything because it's such a great ride. And what I find ironic is it's rated R... But it's like a, it's, just a hard PG-13. It's rated R? Yeah, it's rated R. Seriously? Right? Like, I saw that today. I'm like, this is an R. And I'm like, this is I saw R. It recent, I saw it recently. It, it's like a, it's a hard PG-13. Like, if, I mean, if your kids saw maybe... Ghost Rider, you could see this. Maybe because of the exorcism scenes, they were just like, let's just give it an R. Maybe. But it's still fantastic. Highly recommend. Again, this is Keanu yeah. at his top tier. This is, like, the role that should have, for me, cemented more of a legacy. Because let me tell you something. Women love him in this role. Men should love him in this role. I don't care if you claim, no, there's no homo. Listen, it doesn't matter. You see him in this role, and you know what? You just go, you know what? I understand it. 
I understand it. I understand why women are obsessed with them. You can, you can say it. You can. Because it's true. Actually, at, the, at Comic-Con this year, they had they a virtual panel with Francis Lawrence and Keanu and, one of the, and the writer and the producer. And they talked about how it was to make this movie and how they would all love to come back. So, hello. <laughs> What are you waiting for? You're listening to our podcast. Listen, we can guarantee people will watch this. So yeah, Constantine, top tier Keanu. No oh, complaints amazing. there. None we at love all. Const- we love Constantine in this house. We do. And yes. So, now that we have all expressed our love for Constantine, we are now going into our final movie, which is the one, the only, the god tier, the best work Keanu has ever done. John Wick. Funny enough, this is the only film on this list you have right now that all four of us have seen. So, John Wick, the first one came out in 2014. The second one came out in 2017. And the third one came out in 2019. They have all been directed by Chad Stahelski. The fourth one is going to be released on May 27th, 2022. My birthday, so I have plans that day. Don't, don't call me that day. I'm going to be in the theater watching John Wick. Um, and then there's a fifth one planned, and the fourth and the fifth one are going to be filmed back to back. So it is assumed that the fifth one is going to be the last one. Well, here's the thing. I actually read recently where Keanu says, I will keep making John Wick films as long as people want them, as yeah. long as there's a story. Yeah, but that's the thing. Story. Like, if you can't stretch the story past the fifth one, I feel like you should stop because I don't want John Wick to become like the Fast and the Furious movies, Okay. That's exactly what I was just thinking about. Because I love John Wick because there's actually, like, the sequels make sense in terms of story. Mm-hmm. Like, the sequels add to the story. Everything adds to the story. There's always a story going on. There is nothing. Like, you know, people that are dead don't suddenly come back to life. And you're like, how? You were dead dead. How are you back? So, you know that they don't keep making these things up and I, and it is a rich and it there is rich world world building in every single one of them so far i think it's on the right path like you said because i definitely feel like if it can stick the landing with number five and you're right it could end there then i think you'll have one of those rare cases where it's like each film just tries to outdo itself and like fans will just be like Rewatching it over and over and over again and being like, this is how a series should be. So, if you don't know, if you don't follow us on Twitter, if you don't follow me on Twitter where I tweet about John Wick almost daily, <laughs> John Wick is about a man named John Wick, which is also the final John that, John, that Keanu has played in his career. So far. So, so far. far. <laughs> so far. He is a retired hitman. A retired assassin who goes back into the game after this evil man kill his puppy. And he is by far the most relatable character because I too would turn into John Wick if someone hurt my, my son, my dog. I think we all would. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. I, I am constantly talking about how much I love John Wick. Like, everyone knows it. Like, someone mentions John Wick, and they're like, Gabriella. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it, it's my brand. So, 
I I want the posters to talk about why they like John Wick. Anna, you saw it recently. I introduced you to John Wick. Finally, <laughs> what do you think of it? First of all, I just want to point out <laughs> before seeing the first movie this year, when I told people I haven't seen John Wick, <laughs> they see you with this cold yes. eyes. Same girl, same. <laughs> yes. It took me years to get Anna to watch John Wick. I felt a little bit judged every yeah, time because, I said, Okay, I here's the thing. John Anna loves Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe is in the first John Wick. So I was like, Anna, just watch it for Willem Dafoe. Okay, but I understand where Anna is coming from because I was also in that boat. Thank you. Like, I understand your pain, Anna. I understand. Thank you. I'm not a, I'm not a big action fan. So when they told me like, oh, it's all about but action. But it's good like, action. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. Like I, it, you know? I'm also not a big action but, fan, which is why I really like movies like Point Break and John Wick because it's action, but it's not mindless action. You know, it adds to the story. There's actually a story there. That's why I love John Wick. Yeah, so when you like, <laughs> when you said one day, we're going to sit down and watch John Wick, and I did. And I I really liked it. The puppy scene, obviously. Yeah. We, I, I we all did. When I saw it we for the first did. time, I went there. We paused the movie, and I went to my dog and hugged my dog, okay? <laughs> so, but I kind of, re- yeah, I also like uh, Keanu in this movie. Like, it's kind of like a perfect role for him. Because as we said in like in the beginning of the podcast, he's just unfazed mm-hmm. when it comes to his acting, and I feel that his character is like that. But it's because of all the stuff that has mm-hmm. happened within his character and the trauma because of it. Yeah, I really like his acting. I like the choreography mm-hmm. when it came down with the action scenes, and I haven't still seen the second and the third one. But I like the way how the first one ended, that mm-hmm. if it's just the first one, it's all right. But if it mm-hmm. wasn't, and obviously that we have the second and the third, they could have explored more with um, the Continental. They, they which do. I, I they feel do. that they do. They do. <laughs> and the third, the second and the third one. So I really like that aspect of, of it, of the ending. I mean, first Keanu, like official Keanu Reeves movie that I've witnessed. Um, I like them. I'm excited for the next one. I got a little worried with the third one because I did... What I liked about it was that story went side by side with action, hand in hand. And with the third one, we got more action than story. So I'm hoping we go back to what it used to be. Other than that... um, choreography cinematography everything it's just it's it's hard not to like john wick with the third one i I get it but i feel like the build-up from the first two movies was what led to the third one to be the Mm -hmm. way it was because obviously at the end yeah because at the end of the second like i'm not gonna spoil it like by the end of the second one like you know like you're like shit like what? So obviously the third one was going to be the consequences. You know how they're cons- wh- how they were 
constantly telling him that there are going to be consequences for what you have done for coming back in. You are going to suffer the consequences. And we get to see that in the third one. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like while I understand that the, the criticism and I, and I agree in some aspect, like I personally prefer the third one. I think the, I, I, the third one is one of my favorite John Wicks because it, it was just like everything <coughs> that was expected to happen. And plus, come on, he killed someone with a book in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Like, I'm not just going to let that slide. Okay. So. (laughs) Here's my thing with John Wick. So, the only film I saw before today, before, like, before today, was the third one. Because Caribbean Cinemas was doing its anniversary and the tickets were at like three dollars so i did a triple feature that day still very well, proud of myself a good day. That, that was, was a good day i, a I tri- saw john wick i saw john wick too for the second time in theaters originally i went when it opened here i was there i was like i saw it i saw three films i saw men in black international then rocket man then john wick three and i was like torn about it because it was the only film that had the show time where I was like I want to do a triple feature but this is the only one that's lining up right now so I texted Gabriela and I was like wait should I and she was like yes I'm like but I have not seen the first two and she's like I got you covered so Gabriela sent me through whatsapp these recaps of chapters one and two just letting me know what I had to know before I watched the third one and right yeah, before they were, like, they were like five minute voice messages oh my god yeah but she saved my ass with that because i told i understood some of it i understood what was gonna happen she could have given Man, me her I, ted talk I, with that i sent you five minute voice messages about john wick what even but that's okay because i was listening to it during the commercial so literally it finished right before the movie started so i was like okay perfect she got me in time and the third one i agree with josie I think it needed to focus more on story. And I think my problem with the third one is the action. Because I am someone who, if you have a close-up of something going into an eye, I automatically take off a star. Automatically, I will take off a star. Because I'm like, it takes me out of it. It just, like, grosses me out to the point where I'm like, I can't back at, get back into it. And I feel the book scene apart, because the book scene was, like, really creative. I'll give them that. Um, I felt it was a little too graphic violence wise like it was just like I get trying to like level up and like raise the stakes but I'm like I was seeing that for the first time I was like that was my first introduction I'm like that's like that's, that's like a little too much maybe like tone it down a bit like the act the, the sound choreography I understood it and I understood that that should have been the movie to introduce into the Oscars the stunt category and it should have won the first year mm-hmm. I still stand mm-hmm. by that so, time for people to judge me. I saw John Wick 1 today on his birthday in 2020. That's right. I don't care. I saw it today for the first time. Mm-hmm. I, I'm late to the party. I don't care. I, didn't, I wasn't keen on seeing it after my experience. But then I realized I had to see this up. We had to do this episode. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to surprise Gabriela. And I'm just going to watch it. <laughs> and I was texting her during it. And I was surprised mm-hmm. how much more I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um because I recently lost the dog, I had to skip that scene. Even if I already took off a star because of it, I'm like, you're killing a dog, one star off. That's also one of my pet peeves. 
but I skipped that. But it's also like in the plot. So I know, but I you know like it's to there. It. You know it's coming. Yeah, no one likes to see it, but at least here you know it's coming. I mean, yeah, I know it's coming, but I didn't want to see it. Like if you could have done it to the side and just like left me with the sound, I would have been upset. But I wouldn't have been upset enough where I had to see it. And I'm like, I have just gone through something traumatic with that, thanks to the virus. So I'm just going to skip ahead. And I just saw him laying next to his dog. And I'm like, God damn it, am I about to go through it right now? Am I going to have to, like, lower my reading? I liked it a lot. I still gave it the four stars. I I got really upset when people were like, it's just a dog. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I yeah, a lot of people like it. Was, you, all of this because of a puppy is like, excuse me. I, I was mean, like, you shut your bitch yeah. ass up. <laughs> excuse me. Not, not mm-hmm. just a dog. It was the a last... gift from his deceased wife. Exactly. The I can last go and do an, ensi- an entire essay about how dog was the last sense of normality he had. Gabriela that was the last up. thing he had left of this new life that he had tried to build for himself. And once the dog was gone, that meant that he had nothing else and he had no choice but to go back to the life that he despised. Uh, the club scene. Let's talk about the club scene. That club scene is art. You can't change my mind. It is poetic cinema. It is pure. I, I just love the use of lighting in John Wick. I swear I can go into it in time. It is so the well use, done. Okay. It is so well done because the thing is that in John Wick, John is always presented by blue light. Right. And it can be known as the blue light of death. When every, whenever John is surrounded by blue light and someone enters that blue light, they're going to die. And the bad people are always presented by red light. And the club scene, what is the most interesting part about it is that it is purple, which means that they merged. And I just love that. Also, let's just, aside from being a Virgo king whose birthday is today, we also need to... Happy birthday to the Virgo king. He is also a (laughs) jujitsu and judo king. Shout out to that, the dedication. Uh, But it's really good. I feel it's really good. I didn't want to see it um, after the third one, but I really ended up liking it. Yeah, and that is where the Keanu-san started. Because, you know, he came back after years of not doing such uh, you know a highly promoted movie again because he had done smaller movies so he goes on and does this movie and it is a financial hit a success both financially and critically because the critic they had received good reviews it was so well received by people so it was just and you know he and he also mentioned how this movie is also sort of therapy for him what yeah it's a lot because it deals obviously like the main premise of John Wick it's about grief he carries a lot of grief and that is also the case for Keanu so it kind he kind of relates to John on that level we could talk about John Wick for seven hours clearly you can so we're just gonna stop I can't I can write entire essays about John Wick so we're just gonna move on and now we're going to allow Josie to release her anger in terms of the bad Keanu movies that I made her watch, which aren't that bad compared to the ones that I had to sit through. Listen up. (laughs) She started with Sweet November. And I will never forgive her. Not even in the month of November. That movie 
is a fever dream. <laughs> and it's my favorite comedy. <laughs> Noted, it is not a comedy. It's a romance drama. <laughs> but I laughed anyway. Yeah, you, you were laughing. And then, and then, yeah, she basically said that she needed John Mulaney to watch that movie and make a skit on it. Please. Oh my god. So just to give you a quick rundown before we run out of time for this episode. Listen up. (laughs) Sweet November is basically Keanu Reeves' character is like an obsessed advertising guy. He's like very dedicated to his job. Very dude bro. And he meets It's a hot dog! (laughs) Oh my god, that scene. He meets um charlie theron's character and which by the way her hair everything perfect but that's the only good thing um so he meets her and (laughs) jesus christ this is the most random lady ever and like i know that there's an explanation to everything she does but my gosh (laughs) like she just randomly is like you owe me for ruining my chances at getting my driver's license. He uh, did ruin her chances at getting a driver's license. Uh-huh. So she's like, you help me. Take me to this place. And then she just runs in, breaks in, and steals a dog. She's right. Yeah. It, she just starts doing these random things. and it's that You're watching this entire movie not knowing what the heck is going on. And there's not really any motivation for what she's doing until the end that you're like, oh, Okay, but it's just so random, and I was laughing so much because it just doesn't make sense. Even when you find out, it still doesn't make sense, and things are so dramatic, and sometimes I didn't know if it was just his acting or the directing, but the script is also bad, so that could have been it. But my gosh, and basically, I this is not the best part. She's like... I can turn you into a better man. Live with me for one month. It's like a walk to remember, but without <laughs> consent. <laughs> She's like, you're gonna live with me now. And then, like, I'll make you a better person. And it's basically like, she's basically forcing him to fall in love with her. I'm gonna... And, do- <laughs> and like, your review was like, the the color in this movie the color palette of that movie is my villain origin story (laughs) and the fact that oh the reason why Gabriella made me watch it is because (laughs) I love Only Time by Enya the song (laughs) so Josie kept singing that song and that song was actually made for the movie and I was like how can you like this song I have never seen the movie for which it was made for. And so I'm like, okay, you're gonna watch Sleep November. And the scene where Kiaru is, like, staying into the the ocean and the song is playing in the background. Come on, that was the best part, Josie. <laughs> Who can say where, where the road goes? goes? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so, and the lake house that you want to talk about. The okay. So, in Arroyo Vichuela, the lake house is basically, this guy lives in the lake house, right? Keanu. And this woman also used to live in the lake house, Sandra Bullock. And the thing is that they 
are kind of are visiting the lake house at the same time but it's not really the same time because one person is ahead years in the future or like months or something because eventually they it was meet. two years yeah. in the okay. future eventually they meet up or something and <coughs> yeah there's a time difference between them but you know how they find out about each other correspondence from a magical mailbox <laughs> And there's one scene where Keanu plants a tree and it suddenly pops up in front of her while she's walking. In front of where she lives. And she's like, oh my gosh. And it was supposed to be a sweet gesture, but I'm like, that's a tree. That's a whole ass tree. That's not even a tiny like shrub. That's a big, big tree. <laughs> But also, how are we not talking about that scene where he sneezes and the camera focuses on your sneeze? Oh my god, I, I blocked that out. I don't even remember that. Oh yeah, it's a scene where he's going to sneeze and the camera just zooms in on him before he's, and he sneezes like right as the zoom hits. It's hilarious. It is art. It gets me every time. And then the secret plot twist that no one ever realized. This is secretly the, re- the sequel to Speed. <laughs> they remade Speed 2 and they just said let's give them more of a romantic arc <laughs> but yeah I have yeah. nothing else to say about this film because honestly the only thing I really focused on was that tree <laughs> <laughs> but you know what we can agree on what is that Bill and Ted is most excellent especially yes. the newest film Face yes. the Music Bill and Ted Face the triumphant Music triumphant most Right. Okay, Bill and Ted. Like, if you are here to say bad things about Bill and Ted's excellent invention, you get out. Oh, I was gonna say that recently, Gabriela, Josie, and I watched together "Face the Music," available now to rent and buy on iTunes and wherever else you can buy it. Please watch it. It is the type of content that we need right now. I felt it safe 2020. Yes, <laughs> yes which leads me before we go. We genuinely did like it. It's a good film. It's very wholesome, which is like the key word to describe it. And we we know that it's hard right now because a lot of films aren't going to theaters and they're going to video on demand, which would be more expensive than your average ticket. But we do definitely think this is not a pass. You should definitely watch Bill and Ted 3. Yes. Yes. Mo- uh, usually it- sequels don't get it right, but this one got it really right because it w- it's a combination of the fir- everything that's good in the first one and in the second one. Yeah. Because the second one isn't the best, in my opinion, but the first one is. So I just feel that because I was a little nervous for the third one because I wasn't such a huge fan of the second one, mm-hmm. but it just completely exceeded my expectations. Um, I was a fan of Death from the second one. Yes. The only thing I wanted from the third one was Death a little bit more. was of the him. best one. He was. Yeah, he the movie is so wholesome, everyone. It's so good. I really liked it. I bought it. I bought the collection on iTunes of the three films just so I could have it. Battleship. Yes, it was so good. I really, really, really enjoyed it. I think it's actually the kind of content we need right now because I think Bill and Ted is like that mindless fun where for ninety minutes ish you can just turn off your brain. You can laugh, you can enjoy the mm-hmm. quirkiness, you can enjoy the zany, and this is definitely something that should be playing in a drive-in theater, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, the shade. 
I, oh, I personally feel that this will do well in driving <laughs> theaters because it is that content that will really <laughs> lift people up and not Deepwater Horizon. So now moving on. Um, so before we <laughs> go, I just want to say, because I keep mentioning mm-hmm. that he has played a character named John eight times. I just feel like it's appropriate for me to mention all the Johns. <laughs> So, like I said, the first John, this started all with Johnny Utah from Point Break in 1991. Then we have Jonathan Harker from Dracula in 1992. Then we have Don John from Much Ado About Nothing in 1993. Then we have Johnny Mnemonic from Johnny Mnemonic in 1995. And then we jump all the way to 2005 with John Constantine from Constantine. Then we go to Generation Um in 2012. And finally, we go to 2014 with John Wick. And we close with Johnny Silverhand, which is from the upcoming game uh, Cyberpunk 2077. My final thoughts on Keanu, to quote <laughs> the great Wendy Williams. He's an icon. He's a legend. And he is the moment. Uh, I definitely feel some of his films should be celebrated. And they are, in terms of his performance, I get he's not best actor as some of the posers have mentioned but he always gives this performance as a whole and he always does try to put a smile on your face and I think that's one of the very great qualities that Keanu possesses he always tries to make you smile like he, he did for does. me recently and always be my baby my maybe yeah see that's the thing he always says that his movies have entertained and that's all he could he could want mm-hmm. in terms of his his work yeah Which well. is basically the essence of the posers, which is why we like him. Yes, yeah, we do. We like him, like, even when we... he has, when he has done bad stuff. Like, yeah, exactly. It's Just fine. Watch, I forgive you. <laughs> watch whatever makes you happy. That's all for today's episode. We'd like to thank you for listening and to give a shout out to all the kind people sending love our way. You are most excellent. If you'd like to keep up with us, make sure to follow us at Film Posers on Instagram, Twitter, and now on our Facebook page as well. We have a YouTube where we have our Mucho Mucho More interview, which you should totally check out. Thank you for listening, and remember, we're all film posers. Party on, dudes. Catch you later, posers. Bye. Bye. Bye.